Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Phase Zero Episode 20 starts now. Welcome to the MCU Show on ComicBook.com. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Charlie Ridgely. What's up? You got to say something for the people oh, who are I was listening. Just, I thought you were going to run through, and I was just going to you know, stay silent. No, 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 no. Let no, you introduce no, everybody. No. Well, I'm here. Hello, everyone. This is like, like just so all the people who don't see our beautiful faces right now when they're listening to us in podcast form, so they have they have a voice for the name. So let's try. Okay, so we're going to try to get Phase Zero, Episode 20. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Charlie Ridgely. What's up, everybody? How are you doing today, Brandon? There's Charlie's voice, everybody. Keep that in mind throughout the rest of the show. <laughs> joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hi, everybody, and way to go, Charlie. We, we love a nice, a rough start. It's good. It's good. And joined today by Aaron Perrine. What's going on, BD? Rack em. Let's go. Rack em. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> see, look at that. Look at that. So that's that's how veterans do it. Choo-choo, Charlos. Okay. I'm just shaming Charlie. I have to because this is Charlie's day. This is Charlie's big day, everybody. Um, as As many of you may remember, Two weeks ago, we did a movie draft, and then I took a week off thinking, okay, you know what? Things will be fine. I'll take my, my vacation. I'll come back, and I'll feel good. And I came back, and I don't feel so good. Uh, we did a draft, and Charlie drafted very strongly. We knew it out of the gate, but I had hope that, that the Phase Zero listeners would come through for your boy. Turns out, they didn't. They voted for Charlie. I didn't count all the votes. I didn't have to count all the votes. It was so obviously a victory for Charlie. We did a poll on Twitter that counted the votes for us. Charlie won that one. And then it went on Instagram. There was a couple thousand comments on the graphic that showed the results. Uh, and Charlie won. Charlie, what were your movies? You had Avengers, Endgame, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, Ragnarok, and Spider-Man Homecoming? That is correct. That is, that- is the, the winning, the championship lineup. Uh, that is that is correct, Brandon Davis. That's that's listen. I thank all the people out there <laughs> and my mom for always believing in me. And uh, I'd like to thank Taika Waititi and James Gunn specifically uh, <laughs> for making kick-ass Marvel movies. Um, and the Russo brothers and John Watts for just not doing a bad job uh and and helping carry me to this uh to this to this victory and i thank you guys for leaving me all the best movies uh to to choose from so thank y'all well congratulations charlie you get a crisp high five virtually that's your prize 
And or something right. like, a, like a trophy or something. I don't know. I will block you on Twitter until our <laughs> next draft because I don't want to hear about this ever again. Where is Jim Viscardi? Never heard of that 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 dude. Who's Jim? I've been to the gym. What's Jim? Uh, anyway, we have MCU news. Lots of it to get through. So we're just going to jump in. This show today is a lot of news, a lot of updates, exciting stuff. Uh, and I think we just need to jump in with the big one. First of all, Aaron Taylor Johnson is cast as Craven the Hunter. Well, I mean, literally, like I'm making this as a joke to reference Age of Ultron, but genuinely, I didn't see that coming. Like, right? Did, like, I mean, everybody was like Jason Momoa, Viga Morton. So everybody had ideas for Craven. I don't think anybody suggested Aaron Taylor Johnson. Jenna, how you feel about this casting? Yeah, I it was completely out of left field, but it also makes perfect sense at the same time. I'm also just happy that we have this role cast because I was very sick of everyone just being like, Henry Cavill should play Craven. And I was like, it, no, he's Superman. If he plays a Marvel role, it should probably some, be something else. But like, I think this is, it's it's unexpected, but it works really well. And I know like people are already speculating of like, they're, they're casting this role right before they are theoretically doing reshoots for No Way Home. So it's like, could we maybe see him in there or is he just confined to his solo movie? Like, we don't know at this point. It depends on who makes that decision. I feel like if Sony makes the decision, we'll see Venom, we'll see Morbius and we'll see Craven all before Spider-Man No Way Home comes to an end so that all of us go see those movies. But uh, I don't know. I can see a post credit scene happening. Aaron, how are you feeling about this? Uh, I think it's really interesting, you know, because like Jenna said, the fan casting for this has been all over the map. Like every single famous guy that can grow that long hair has been <laughs> pitched as a as like alternative. Right. And I, I see the chat. I know, Pedro. I know it would have been cool. It really would have been cool. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see what's going on. I hope that this just doesn't mean that we get more of the movie like spoil for us somehow through like photos or whatever beforehand. Cause that was my concern. I'm like, are we going to log on tomorrow? And is there going to be like a picture of him, like in full costume, like stalking around and no way home. And I'll be like, <laughs> just give us the script at this point. Like that Powerpuff Girls thing. If this is what you're going to do, Sony, like just give it to us all at once. You know, that's like the only thing that makes me think he might not be in no way home mm-hmm. is that if he was like, we would know. We know pretty much everybody else who's in the movie. We would have probably seen him a video by now of Aaron Taylor Johnson. Or at least heard like rumblings of it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah something, something would have. Charlie, what do you yeah. think of this casting? I mean, it's a thing, you know? Like it, <laughs> I'm, I'm way more interested in J.C. Shandor directing it than I am Aaron Taylor Johnson being in it. I, Aaron Taylor Johnson's a great actor. Uh, I actually really liked him in Tenet as much as I had issues with Tenet, I, like he was very, very good in the part he played. And I think that he has needed another shot. Like with Quicksilver, he was great as the character and didn't really get a whole lot to do before dying. So I appreciate that he's going to get another chance to do this. And I, he brings a lot of like intensity to the role and a lot of like that, like subtle, like dark mystery type of thing. Uh, but JC Shandor is a really, really, great director he made triple frontier on netflix a couple years ago which if you all haven't watched triple frontier uh it is a great like kind of dark and intense heist movie with ben Starring affleck and, and, and oscar Knight. isaac um <laughs> and the it, fantastic it, it, green it, it's a very good movie um so him doing this movie and the idea of like an actual kind of auteur type director taking on this superhero thing. that's not a superhero thing that could be really grounded and be really like intense and very, uh, I don't know what the way to put it, but like 
I guess a thriller is, is kind of where you look at it, like the way that Craven is as a character. Uh, Cause you don't, he's not a hero and it's hard to paint him as one, but I think all of the characters in a movie like triple frontier, they're hard to root for individually. Their stories are easy to root for, but they all have their kind of, they all have their problems they're bringing to the table. And I think he can really balance that well and make it a fun, enjoyable movie about someone that you aren't necessarily like thinking is a good guy. Um, you know, kind of that, not quite an anti-hero, but uh, I don't know. I, th- I think JC coming to this movie is is the most exciting part about it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be interested. Uh, I think Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to end up being a really good fit for this. Uh, I think he's a really good actor. Uh, you know, it's not a character, not an actor that we were naming beforehand, but I think it's interesting, and I think that. I mean, I naturally want to start thinking of multiverse possibilities. Like, is this going to be a thing where Wanda? comes across Craven the Hunter and is like you're, you're and like it's not him but it's not uh, Pietro I mean but I mean I don't know I, I genuinely like I'm starting to just get frustrated by this adjacent game that Sony is playing with their movies where it's all blurry enough where Marvel Studios is not saying no it's not part of our universe and Sony is not saying like yes it is but also no it's not not I, I don't know. I, I just want some clarification. Are they I mean, but are Sony's they doing what they, the only thing that they can do, like mm-hmm. they have, they can only do so much with Spider-Man because of what Marvel has going on. And so they only have a certain roster of characters that they can use just to do whatever they want with. And I also, I mean, I only some of those characters can carry a movie. Like I really don't think Morbius is going to be a character that, makes a successful movie, whether it's a good movie or not, I don't know. But in terms of the success of it, Venom is that character, obviously um, there's only so many things they can do. And so if you're Sony, why would you be like, yeah, no, it's not connected to the MCU at all. And like miss out on the opportunity to make what like that money that you can, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the only option they really have. It's the I only, mean, yeah, I mean, they're making this. No, the my point is play. they're making their movies. I get that. They're making the movies they can make. My only thing is, they're playing the, it, it, with Venom. Nobody wants to say, like, definitively, this is not a part of the MCU. Right, because if it, Sony does that, Morbius, they, they potentially lose out on fans that would go see the movie because they I like understand. the stuff. Oh, yeah, no, I understand why they're doing it. I still get annoyed by it. Like, I, <laughs> I, it's a smart business play. I get that. You, send, you sell more tickets because you think you're, you sell it as possibly part of the MCU, which is the biggest cinematic franchise in the world right now. My point is that it's annoying to not know. Fair point. Like, just I just want to know. Like, is this? Are they connected? Or are they not? It, like, same thing. Same way I wanted to know with like Netflix shows. Are they? Are you guys going to incorporate this or not? But uh, anyway, yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson is your Craven the Hunter. If y'all want to talk more, hit us up on uh, Twitter. We'll we'll respond after the show. Tim Miller said Deadpool does not need to be R rated to be good. This is the quote. I think Ryan Reynolds take on the character and the way he embraces the particular kind of insanity. Even if you said, even if you said he's not going to use four letter words would still be there. He still is that character. You can take R rated parts out of it if you wanted, and it will still be Deadpool. If Ryan is doing it, I have a take that everyone's going to hate. I already know, Uh, but I agree with Tim Miller. I think Deadpool can be good if not rated R. I think it would challenge a bit more creativity. I've laughed at PG-13 movies before. Do I want it to be PG-13, though? No. 
No, but I do know that everybody gets all pissy as soon as you say Deadpool can be PG-13. Guess what? Deadpool has appeared in so many Marvel comics with PG-13 or friendlier characters and still been an interesting character. Mm -hmm. Deadpool can go over to other MCU movies and kind of be toned down on that front and still have his R-rated solo movies. That's my take. I think Deadpool can still work in a PG-13 format. It would be different. I'm not going to say it would be better, but I'm not going to say it would be far like any worse. I don't know yet, uh, but I do want solo movies to be R. I'd still watch them if they're PG-13. Anyway, any, uh, listen, I, does anybody firmly disagree? Does anybody think it has to I, be rated R? I completely agree with you. I was going to say the same exact thing of like, we've had 30 years at this point of Deadpool comics that by and large cannot use the four letter words that he uses in the movies. So it's like there is kind of, there are different ways to approach Deadpool's humor that aren't just resting on our rated kind of comedy. Yes, I would make the argument probably that like the violence aspect is something that's inherently Deadpool, but you still can kind of push the boundary with PG-13 without really going that hard. But yeah, like I, there's enough Deadpool source material and there are enough of examples of him being funny without having to just rely on swear words that I totally think it could work in a PG-13 context. Yeah, like I want it to be rated R, but I don't mm -hmm. think it is, is, I don't think the R rating is the hinge of, that makes Deadpool successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that first Reynolds Deadpool movie had to be rated R to become what it is now. Yeah. I think to launch that franchise, like the idea of this rated R superhero movie to really go just balls to the wall, all out violent, like, you know, the language, everything like full on what it has become. I think it's as big as it is because that first one was rated R, but I do agree with like going forward. It doesn't have to be, if it's a solo movie and they make it be PG 13 and there's no other characters and it's just a solo Deadpool thing. I think there's really funny ways to play with that of like bleeping him out and him yeah. hearing himself be bleeped out and him be self-aware of that and like make it make him mad. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense in, in another person's movie, but there are a million ways you can like have fun with that. And that character is such, it is the kind of character that you can always do weird things with and where it wouldn't work with any other character with this one. It's like, Oh, it's, it's funny. Um, th there's, there's so many ways around it in these other movies, I would love to see another R rated one because I think that they have the, the stone, the tone and style just down pat. But I mean, yeah. if it's, if they, if they were to recast it, I don't know if I would be interested in it at all, no matter what the rating is. Mm -hmm. uh, oh no. Right no. Now. I mean, it, it, I mean, I think, that, I think that's it. more Tim Miller's point than anything else. Is yeah. that Deadpool is more dependent on Ryan Reynolds than it is any MPAA rating. And I yeah. agree with that. I, like I said, I think the R rating makes gives it so much more freedom i think you make a great point that the first movie would not have been successful if not for that r rating i think it came out at a time when superhero movies were super crowded and the r rating made it unique and it really made it stand out because of it was what it was doing how drastically different it was from other marvel films and it was doing them all well and making good use of them uh but yeah i i still think you could have deadpool be in a pg-13 movie and uh It'll be it'll be interesting. It, I, it I think be. we'd all agree if Ryan Reynolds Deadpool's in something, we're going to watch it yes. regardless of the rating. Yeah. yeah, make it a G rating. That would I'd I'd be all about <laughs> Ryan Reynolds Deadpool in a G rating because what does that even look like? That would be hilarious. I would want to see that. Yeah, it would be like you would have to make a joke about him like literally walking on on eggshells. Yeah, like let him let him. Aaron, you know. Aaron has thoughts. I could see Aaron's face has some thoughts. <laughs> I was just saying that, like thinking about like, do you guys? Anybody here like Adult Swim at all? Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. 
Remember the adult, the April Fool's joke this year where they did the Adult Swim babies? Yes. Uh-huh. And they had little kids re-record the dialogue without the cursing, without the purveying of weird stuff in it. And it was still uh-huh. really, really, really funny. Yeah. yeah. Like Brian Reynolds could do anything in the same vein where if you took the stuff out and lampshaded it correctly, it would be hilarious. You know? Well, and for me, it's like the writers of Deadpool 3 are two of the writers and showrunners Bob's of Bob's Burgers. And it's yeah. like, I, their level of comedy and the way that they can tell jokes that have a little bit of bite to them but are still very, like, PG and sort of family-friendly and, and not, like, too profane in one way or another. It's like, I trust them to write a really interesting Deadpool thing because I feel like their humor and Deadpool's humor in the comics kind of overlap in a really interesting way. So it's like, I think that that could be interesting in and of itself of like approaching Deadpool's humor not so much in like kind of cheap jokes but in this way that is like this is stuff that's genuinely funny and it just happens to be PG-13. But yeah, he's, he's such a great slapstick character. Exactly, yeah. Mark Davies in the in the Facebook comment section says asking Deadpool not to use profanity is like asking Wolverine not to use his claws. I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. I, I see the point you're trying to make, Mark, but um I just think Deadpool has more to offer than foul language. He can still be humorous and make edgy kind of push it, push the envelope jokes. Um, listen, well, I think his, we're all on the same page. His trademark is, the, is his style of humor, not his, exactly. yes, not yeah. the listen, words he uses. I, again, yeah, I think we're all, we're all on the same page at the end of the day. We, we think Deadpool being R rated makes it for as long as they're creative, that's probably for the best is if they have all that freedom. I just don't think that a PG 13 version of Deadpool ruins the character. I don't think that. I think as long as you have Reynolds, you're good. Anyway, next bit. Emma Stone, quote, I have heard those rumors, she said in an interview with Inverse about Spider-Man No Way Home. Quote, I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything, but I'm not. I'm not. I don't know what you're supposed to respond to as an alumnus. She is not in Spider-Man No Way Home. Gwen Stacy is not back for this movie. Anybody? No one? No one got that? Wow. <laughs> yeah, well. Her back, they, bro. They, they, yeah, they, uh, they dropped her from this yeah. movie. So yeah. she couldn't catch the role. Well, she pulled a Black um, Widow. Wow. Wow. That was, that was, we, we're wrong for that. I actually would like to see Gwen Stacy return, especially um, if Andrew Garfield is back, which we pretty, we, we pretty sure he is. I would love to see Emma Stone play this part again. Uh, and maybe take on like a heroic role. I think that'd be so dope. I think Emma Stone is a really uh, good actress. And I, th- I think it'd be fun to have her back. Uh, Jenna, I think thoughts? very cool. If, oh, sorry, Jenna. Go ahead. Oh, Jenna, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, I'm conflicted. I really want her in the movie, and I think that it would be great. My one thing is like, as much as I would like to see her as Spider Gwen, I feel like that then that would be kind of the live action Spider Gwen going forward. And I feel like there's a there's an interpretation of that character that could exist that is younger and kind of leans into the story that she has in the comics of like, I'm a college student in a band and I'm dealing with this alternate reality. And so I would personally want to just see Emma Stone be the amazing Spider-Man versus Gwen Stacy, because I feel like the death notwithstanding, there's still so much that is unexplored there that I feel like they could really kind of like wrap up in a bow. And then, so you do that and then you do eventually have somebody else come in and actually play Spider-Gwen. I'm into that. I take back all my comments. <laughs> I take it all back because that's a much better point than the one I made. I would die for Spider Gwen. So yeah, I just I I her, her the idea of her appearing in live action is very precious to me. So it seems inevitable. I mean, if that they're that going will full multiverse, there's yeah. a way to I think to do both. Yeah, you know, like 
I don't want Emma Stone in this movie. It's like, oh, we resurrected Gwen. It's like, no, like let her be in a suit and like and fight. That's awesome. Yeah. But I, I I agree with what you're saying, Jenna. Like, it, it is a character with so much space for a story yeah. that I Emma. You're not going to get Emma Stone even if you do a, an older version of Spider Gwen. Emma Stone's not signing on for no five movies as Spider Gwen. Like, that's not at this point in her career. Yeah, that's not what she's doing. Well, I'm like, I, 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 I don't know why, I I don't know why she wouldn't. And there's so much of Spider-Gwen that's just kind of tied to like her age. And so I feel like you really would need a younger actress of like, we haven't really gotten to the point in the comics where Spider-Gwen is like the age that Emma Stone is now and kind of what that looks like. Whereas yeah. like, we, we really just kind of have her like as a young adult. So I'm like, just I mean, bring in another actress. She's yeah. in Hawkeye now, so, but when they, when they cast Spider-Verse, Haley Steinfeld was right at the right age and like the exactly she could have yeah. been a great Spider-Gwen live action, but I mean she's obviously she does a great Evans job. Evans Larson's yeah. in the Twitch comments section. Jenna, you're not gonna lose points if you if you don't have an answer ready for this, but okay. uh <laughs> who's your fan cast for Spider-Gwen? Um it at a certain point <laughs> it's been um Dove Cameron, even though she's gonna be busy with Powerpuff uh, on the CW. But, uh, maybe she'll she, be busy. I know she was in Agents of Shield, so technically you would kind of but like Agents of Shield notwithstanding, I think she would be a really fun Spider Gwen. I don't know. There's probably there's a bunch of different actors that's a good that one. Really could work. That's yeah. really good. I think that's really good. Uh I mean Selby was also Selby from Falcon and Winter Soldier was also in <laughs> Bless you. Oh, bless you. Hours. Uh, was also in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Anyway, uh, we got the first look. Not really a first look, but uh, we got like pictures of the, like, you know when like your parents call you on FaceTime and they hold the phone and you only see like from like the top of their nose to their forehead because they just hold it too close. That's what Oscar Isaac did in front of a bunch of Moon Knight comic <laughs> photos. And honestly, we, we labeled it as concept art and I got excited. It's just a bunch of comic photos, but I'll still take well, it. Well, there's concept there's art concept behind art. it. Yeah. Oh, is there? If you, if you yeah. look, there's like if you look in the gaps, there's concept art with comic stuff on top of it. There's, okay. there's a couple little. It, it's hard to see. Uh -huh. yeah. You need to do some some zooming, but it's oh, there. The wow, the comment section blessing me for my sneeze. Thank you all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for that. Uh, if you're watching us on Twitch, make sure you hit the follow button. If you're listening to us on Facebook, uh, I don't know, do whatever you do on Facebook. Share the show. Hit share. Uh, and if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review because. You're about to go to school, all right? It is school is in session, Moon Knight hours. You know what that means, comment section. You know who's about to join the show. Uh, Richard, unlock the jail cell, <laughs> open the gate, and welcome Jim Viscardi to the show. Wow. All roads lead back to Jim Viscardi. <laughs> Always. You could not live with your own failures. Always. All roads lead back to Jim. Can we just talk for a second? Just, just like there is not enough excitement around that Oscar Isaac Moon Knight photo, and uh, I'm not here for that. Okay, like because there needs to be seen Oscar Isaac's no, 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 no. I don't care. You're all wrong. Uh, not enough excitement I'm around the Oscar I just Isaac didn't, photo. I didn't get a chance to say how excited I am. I was very hyped about that photo. That the collage reminded me of like what I used to do in my bedroom in high school of just like covering it in like Teen Beat posters and stuff. I love it. I think it's like <laughs> a cool way to tease the show without really teasing anything at the same time. There is there's so much in one tiny little photo for us to just really begin to pull up. And honestly. Honestly, I am I'm a little shocked because given some of the 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 work uh, that we've done, like you know, this was something that Adam Barnhart and I, uh, as soon as it came out, just like nitpicked to to all hell. And I and and the stuff that we found, I think, has me 
uh, potentially surprised where the most recent run of Moon Knight had uh was which was done by by uh, max bemis um had introduced a a a lot of new characters to uh the the mythos and one of them uh was the the sun god who was a descendant of uh who gets his powers from ra right moon knight gets his powers from khonshu the moon god uh you know we get the the sun we get you know Sun God and, and all that. <laughs> there, there it is, Brandon. Um, but in 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 a in a section of the uh, photo that we get is someone that that something that looks like Ra, and and that gets me that gets me real excited. And then like there's another part where you see a bunch of other stuff where you, like you re- literally only get maybe like from under someone's nose and the top of their shoulders or whatever, and and it all looks incredibly. Uh, full of Egyptian mythos, like even even so much so that on the, the I think like the the left of the image you get a reverse shot of I think what we believe is probably going to be Osiris, right? And so like there's there is a lot of really really cool stuff there. But what we I think what you know what, what I want to what we should do is uh, there's also a lot of uh, character reference. Uh, just in just from the comics, right? So there's a, a Becky Cloonan cover is the, the piece on top. Um, there's a piece, you know, the the art is from I think Jason Burroughs uh, in in the middle, and then obviously some David Finch stuff down uh, down in the lower corner. And if that's where they may be taking some of their inspiration from, then uh, catching up on Moon Knight may be a lot easier for some folks than uh, than we we anticipated. Look, there are three possible costumes that we can get for moon Knight, we can get the classic all white kind of you know look from him um there is uh you know there have been like a number of variations on that that are all basically the same thing so i'm not including them for purposes like this but then uh you know when declan shalvey and warren ellis started their run uh they they brought in another kind of uh, a look for him that, ha- that, that that it feels a bit more like armor plated it's way more modernized uh and then they obviously also brought in the mr knight persona right so uh, moon knight is someone who uh, uh suffers from uh disassociative identity disorder uh and it stems all the way back from when he was a kid and there are a very close online who have referred to that as a superpower what was that not to just throw shade at somebody on Twitter. Wow. Okay. Um, so, so he's got, so he, so he has dissociative identity disorder uh, that stems all the way back from when he was a kid, where like a really close family friend of his was a rabbi. Mark Spector is is a is a Jewish character, um, and that rabbi actually was uh, a, a Nazi on the run and was you know ended up trying to kill Jews and it totally messed with messed with his head so much so that uh you know later when he was adult you know the the other identities that have kind of spawned up from the regular mark specter uh was uh, Stephen grant and jake lockley um but like the 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 tldr on how you know mark specter gets his powers basically is uh he uh he was in the cia he was in a war uh uh beat up pretty badly by a villain by the name of Bushman um, in trying to, and so was basically left for dead and like crawled up onto this statue of Kanchu and Kanchu was like, you will be my avatar and boom, boom, boom. And you know, that's it. He's, you know, basically uh, fighting for uh, fighting for this, this moon God. It's really weird because people are like, Oh, he was given moon powers. And I'm like, what? 
what in the hell are moon powers? Like though that he, uh, Mark Spector is uh, lucky in the sense that, well, uh, he comes from money. Uh, so he's got, he's got a bit of that where he's like, for all intents and purposes, the biggest joke for moon Knight for the longest time was basically that he was, you know, bootleg Batman, right? Batman in all white where he has, uh, he has the money. He's got the cool gadgets, um, and all that. But I would say is moon Knight is, way more violent than Batman uh, I think uh, ever uh, ever was uh, mainly you know just like Moon Knight is like a, basically a mix of like Batman and kind of the Punisher in a sense right where like he does not he, have a no kill rule for sure no definitely definitely does not have a no uh, no kill rule um, but <laughs> you know this comment <laughs> I saw the comment go ahead what? Brandon answer the question uh, are these are they is Danny the pug asking me <laughs> Why? Which do I hate more out of Moon Knight of the Blacklist? Because those are Jim's two favorite things. Yes, yep. 100%. Is that why? Yep. I, I actually. But the correct I, answer is the Blacklist. The, bla- <laughs> the Blacklist is very good. Oh no! Oh, but wow, Moon, Knight wow. is cool. Moon Knight, Moon Knight is, Thank you, is the cool thing. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, I mean, so but. But, but hold on a second, because I, 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 we're going to ignore that question. We're going to tie this all the way back, back to the conversation that you just had while I was like screaming at my laptop screen about Deadpool, right? We can't be afraid to have R-rated things, okay? Right? We we can't be afraid to um, to have something different, you know, for for everyone. Now, this now can Deadpool show up in a uh, a PG thirteen feature somewhere or somewhere else as Deadpool? Yeah, absolutely. That's where most people interact with Deadpool kind of the most, you know, when they're reading comics or whatever. He's either popping up in other stuff, you know, in X Men comics or Avengers comics, like whatever. Like that's fine. You can have that. But I think also at the same time, like you know, a, a lot of people like to pin the. um like the R ratedness of Deadpool to, to language. And, and like, if that were the case, then like, you know, we wouldn't get, we will, we'll never get, you know, uh, Marvel movies that are like, you know, John wick or, uh, you know, the other big action franchises where I think that's where people want to see Deadpool go. They want to see him like unleash with his katanas and his guns and, and, and all, you know, whatever. And just like slice up bad dudes. And, and I think, to come back to Moon Knight for a second is the kind of because it's Disney Plus. I don't believe we will get an R-rated Moon Knight kind of thing, but I think we'll get. I'll get I think we'll get really, really close. And hopefully, what that means is this becomes incredibly popular. Moon Knight gets his own movie, and it is an R-rated adventure with Blade and Ghost Rider, and they just are just like slicing up demons all over the place. But then people can't take their ten year olds to see it. I don't know if Kevin Feige is that cool with that. That's I, yeah, fine because he, he'll have Disney. The, have the even Disney if Kevin Feige is cool with it, I, even if Kevin Feige is cool with it, I don't know if Disney's cool with it at the end of mm-hmm. the day. Because I remember when Scott Derrickson got on stage and promised the scary Doctor Strange movie, and Kevin Feige <laughs> went, and it's PG thirteen, and you're well, gonna yeah, like I mean, it. They're not the Doctor Strange. They're not gonna make, but but that's but but that's what I mean though, right? Like we saw how you know how far Disney was willing to push the line with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, mm-hmm. we are all not going to forget you know the moment where a U.S. agent is just beating the dude down with cap shield like that is a that is a dark and violent moment and so yeah, but that's not even close to deadpool violence no I, no but but you want to know why I because they didn't show the it farthest that we're like, gonna get the difference yeah. would have been the difference would have been in deadpool the camera would have panned down a little bit and you would have seen it 
Yeah, but also in this yeah. show, that was the villain doing that. Like Moon Knight would just do that. They wanted you to make I, him the hero. I would, I would love to watch Moon Knight do that on Disney Plus. But like they would never show Sam Wilson doing. It. I mean, Sam Wilson wouldn't do that in the first place. But that's the, you know, that was setting him up to be this villain. And then they did that weird one eighty where you were supposed to like him, and that was just a whole issue on in of itself. But you know, I, I don't know how far you know Disney's willing to go. I think that's why we even have that conversation. I think we'd all love to see more R rated things. You know, I think that Fox really had a great niche with Deadpool and Logan because Logan didn't need to be language heavy. It was very, very violent. I don't really care. Honestly, movie. I just don't really care if a movie's rated R or PG-13 as long as it's good. Like, yeah, it just I, depends I, on the, the, it depends it's on the, yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. Like, I, it's not like they're, I mean, it, it, King Chief in the comment section, Logan is the model, period, says King Chief zero zero. Like, that's a great point. You can have a character that shows up in PG-13 movies and fits the PG-13 mold and then goes and does their own thing. And you can do it on a story-by-story basis. Some stories need our ratings. Some stories don't. Some characters could thrive in that and some and, and also be fine in a PG-13. So I, I, the rating doesn't determine my interest in the movie. If A Quiet Place Part 2, I, I'm going to see that tonight. Is it rated R? Is it PG-13? I don't even know. I'm assuming it's R. But I I don't even care. Like I just expect this tense thriller. Uh, Well, what I mean, see, rest my case. We don't (laughs) even know. We don't even know what a Quiet Place Part Two is rated, and it's in theaters right now. So anyway, uh, no f bombs for Moon Knight, but you know, Jim Jim wants to see him team up. I I also just want to see too, like like going back to the the Egyptian stuff too, right? Like this is another area for the Marvel Universe to get a little weird, right? Again, like this is a thing where you know we've seen godlike entities before right with you know your uh we'll see them with the eternals and you know with thor and whatever but we haven't seen we haven't seen them quite like or or more original earthbound based religions right where like you know like the egyptian ancient egyptians and things like that where um you know if that stuff does come into play like that's going to open a lot of really interesting doors and it'll be interesting to see where in the hierarchy of the mcu that like this all kind of kind of fits right and and what they decide to how powerful they decide to make moon knight is will will also be um will also be very interesting because again you know yes uh you know he is fueled fueled by vengeance you know in a way from you know from the moon god Kanchu um and and is able to tap into certain things but like you know, will they give him super like how how what in what way will they give him super what, strength? What and what, what powers they, do you want to see Moon Knight have? Um, I honestly like Moon Knight is really is really cool when uh he you get to see a lot of his like gadgets at play, right? Like he's kind of like I said, like that's like the most Batman esque uh, of it all. Uh, but he is a look, he is a a fully combat trained uh you know uh, uh, uh person, and um so you know. I definitely want to see like fights. Like, look, we've seen, we've all seen the Instagram videos of Oscar Isaac in training. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see more of that. But like, there were some, some of those videos where like he's doing some knife play and like straight up just like stabs a guy like in the side of his head. And well, so you want John you know, Wick, you're going to get it. That's it. That's what I want. What's your favorite uh, Moon Knight personality? Uh, but honestly, probably, Mar- probably Mark Spector. Uh, I just think he's like, he is from which everything else, uh, you know, kind of spawns yeah. from, right. Have, they haven't indicated who, what were they doing with the Isaac version, right? 
They have not indicated whether other than, like, other than how, the, this, the artwork behind him. Right. Yeah. They have not indicated any, any of that stuff yet. But what I would say um, for those looking for some, uh, for some reading material, for some, some, some research and homework, uh, definitely uh, obviously check out the most recent start from the Warren Ellis and Declan Shelby stuff and go all the way to the end. Right. So like start from there, read the, um, uh, read the Brian Wood stuff, read the Jeff Lemire stuff, read the Max Bemis stuff and go all the way to the end there. I think that'll give you the, the best kind of like encapsulation of all the, the various things that they may do. Then my personal favorite, just because it involves a lot more superhero stuff in it and it's a much shorter run is Vengeance of Moon Knight, uh, where in like the, you know, the second issue, uh, he's fighting the century basically. And so it's really cool to see how Moon Knight would go up against a Superman like character. Uh, it also has early Jerome, uh, Opeña, uh, artwork in there, which is just phenomenal and, and fantastic. Um, and then, uh, and then from there, I, you, you go back a little bit further. I'm not going to lie as much as I love the, or like a lot of the old stuff. Some of it's very hard to get through that early. That first eighties run is a little hard to get through, but has a lot of great art in it. And so like, if you just want to like just quickly flip through it and like, just try and get the, the cliff notes uh, by all means do that. The Mark Spector stuff uh, marks the second full run uh, has a lot of ups and downs in it as far as quality goes. Uh, but again, that's a, um, it's, it was an effort to get Moon Knight more infiltrated into uh, the greater Marvel universe. Now, if you don't want to read outside of the Marvel, uh, sorry, outside of the Moon Knight stuff, uh, he spent some time in the West Coast Avengers, which is actually really, really good. Uh, there's also a two arc run that Ed Brubaker did where he was part of the Secret Avengers. Also, really freaking good stuff. So there's a, there's a, a lot of really great stuff to, to check out as far as it comes to Moon Knight. But like I said, I'd start with that Declan, uh, Shalvey, Warren Ellis run, move all the way forward, and then from there, and go wherever. wherever most of that, except for like that brand new series, most of that, if not all of it, should be on Marvel Unlimited, right? All of it is on Marvel Unlimited. Okay, cool. Yep. I just started doing that like a couple months ago. So I'm that's that's where I've been going to for this kind of stuff. Yeah. This knowledge is free, people. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting you're getting taken to school on phase zero for free. We're the best show ever. Great job, Jim. Thanks for your you Jim has been waiting for that. Did you guys see that? That was like shaking a champagne bottle like for a week straight and then popping the cork. And all that information was the, was the champagne erupting from the bottle. Good job, Jim. Thank you for that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Jim, are you going to be with us when we get back? we got a couple more things. And I demand it depends. If you guys that we let Aaron talk takes, more. I have to stay. Listen, <laughs> I demand that in the second half of this show, we let Aaron speak more. I want to hear yes, more from Aaron. Yes. So uh, we'll be right back, Jim. If your box is there, you're there. If you're not, you're not. I don't know. It's up to Richard now. See you all in a minute. Back on phase zero, episode 20 rolls on. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined by Charlie Ridgely, Jenna Anderson, Aaron Perrine, and Jim Viscardi is still on the show. The jail cell remains open. Booyah. And the section <laughs> goes wild. All right, we got a little bit more news before we talk about the Eternals trailer. So let's do that. Denai Guerrera, she's going to appear in the Wakanda show on Disney Plus, and it's an origin story. Uh, that's about as much as I know on this one. Was there any more information about that? Did I miss anything? No, because it was it was like hidden in like a like a thing about a lawyer deal, huh. right? 
Or yes. was that a different thing? Okay, there, there was a bunch of stuff that we learned from like a write-up of lawyers in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was very oh. little information. Just give her the show. Just give it to her. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm here. I demanded Aaron speak more in the second half of the show. Everybody, <laughs> let let Aaron have some words. Um, I, I just thought it was interesting that it was just like hidden down there, but I just assumed we were going to see her, you know? I thought that yeah. the, the Dora showing up in Falcon and Soldier was just priming us for the whatever they end up calling this Wakanda show, you know? Oh, is it World Wakanda? I think so, yeah. the name of it? Yeah. World okay. of Wakanda. I was just, I didn't want to make, I didn't want to get it wrong. But yeah, like I, I'm excited to see whatever they cook up. It, you know, it could just be them beating up John Walker for six episodes. And I'm like, cool, <laughs> let's do that. They they don't have like a release window for this show yet, right? We don't really. Well, Marvel talk. hadn't even said anything about this. This is like no. one of the, not the, Marvel said this. This is like one of the ones that's just been talked about for so long that yeah it's like one of those things where like you know marvel posted that photo of oscar isaac and it's like oscar isaac finally confirms he's <laughs> like moon knight and it's like what do you mean he's been filming for three months and this mm-hmm. is it's another one of those things where it's like a project that is in you know in early stages of production i would imagine and then you know it's not official until uh, we get a tweet from marvel even though we see you know we'll see it i'm sure beforehand See, I, I always get these weird comments and like tweet notifications that make me freak out and they end up being nothing like this dude in the comment section right now on YouTube. Spider-Man No Way Home will have Rhino, Lizard, Sandman, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, and Electro. And I know that that comment is probably not accurate, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't go check Twitter just to make sure because Spider-Man No Way Home comments like that turn out to be true. Well played, Brendan. Thank you for watching and commenting. We love engagement on this show. Uh, all right. I will well, say before I, you move on from that, Disney Plus is the time when we actually might get to see a white wolf, like for real. And so, like, maybe not World of Wakanda because it's an origin story, but Black Panther 2 with the legacy, you know, Wakanda Forever, like, that's not the place for a white wolf story. Initially, I kind of wanted Bucky to be like the villain of that show, but now he's going in a whole different direction. That's not or th- that movie way back when. Um, this is clearly not the time for him now with what they're going to do, you know, building out that world and honoring the legacy of T'Challa and all that stuff. But if we're doing Disney plus shows set there, that's the time when I think you can like put him kind of at odds with something, you know, if you want to hunt John Walker and you want to, you know, Bucky wants to help out just because he hates him. Let him, let him in there. Let him, let him be, let him be the white wolf. Mm-hmm. See, I've just seen the series as like an anthology. Like I've just kind of expected it to be a thing where like each episode would tell its own story. So if it is the that entire season is just Okoye's mm-hmm. origin story, then that would be cool too. But mm-hmm. I was just kind of assuming like it would just be an episode and then the next episode would be like King T'Chaka or like a Black Panther from like forever ago or just some sort of different story. Kind of like the way that What If is where every episode is its own thing. Was well, there was also... Oh, go, ahead, go for it. Aaron. Oh, I was just going to say, like, having each episode be an individual Aesop or like a yeah. proverb or a story about the larger Marvel universe with different characters from the Black Panther mythos is like a really effective device. I think that that would be freaking awesome. And um, you can you can do stuff with the ancestors too, like telling yeah. the stories, you know, like you could like T'Chaka can like be a storyteller on the well, show. There was- there was a series not too long ago. Uh, uh, I think it was Rise of the Black Panther um, mm-hmm. that uh, Ever Narcisi did. The guy, uh, he was one of the, um, you know, his writer uh, for Kotaku, but has gone and done a, a bunch of other things. Consulted on the Spider-Man uh, 
PS4 game and all, or you know, the Spider-Man game and all that jazz. Uh, and that it set really sets up a nice um, foundation for what Disney Plus can do with a show like this, in that it really touches on the various aspects of just like Wakanda and how it has gotten to where it is and and what it means for the world and all that. That I think this would be uh, really um, it, they'd be smart to pull from that as the well. The only thing about that I'm interested in, in seeing how they work it or like, I don't want to say worried, but like, how do you tell a Koye's origin story without T'Challa and without involving T'Challa in some kind of like substantial way, mm. you know, I think there's there's a sequel it. movie, he's, you know, th- there are ways I'm just, I'm interested to see how they go about that because that's mm-hmm. a, he's such a key cog in the entire Wakanda wheel mm-hmm. leading up to black Panther. And so it, it'll be interesting to see how they work around. If he's a kid, then it's one thing. If he's a teenager, it's one thing, you know, but if adult T'Challa, like how you kind of work that in and, and, and work with that story. Mm-hmm. Speaking of T'Challa, Howard university, this is really cool. Uh, Renamed their College of Fine Arts. It is now the Chadwick A. Bozeman College of Fine Arts. Chadwick was a uh, proud graduate of Howard University and uh, has has done a lot to represent that school and obviously made them very proud. And uh, in honor of the actor who has passed away, they have renamed their school and you can attend the Chadwick A. Bozeman College of Fine Arts, which I think is just such an awesome move by the school. And, you know, it's a school that's obviously going to shape a lot of people's lives. I want to... There are some really big, notable. Um, Felicia Rashad's the head of that department right now, correct? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she had a big hand in, in renaming the like that building and school and stuff. I mean, I I just typed in Howard University alumni, and these are some of the. And I this is just according to Google, so if I'm wrong on any of these, I apologize. But uh, these are some of the names that come up: Taraji P Henson, Felicia Rashad, Kamala Harris, Sean Combs. I mean, this school produces winners. Wow. They, I mean, the list goes on. Thurgood Marshall, who, wow. Chadwick uh, Boseman played. Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. went on to play. That's mm-hmm. that's wild. Wow. Well, yeah. The awesome move by Howard University to introduce the Chadwick A. Boseman College of Fine Arts. Uh, the first tweet from Chadwick Boseman's account since the it announced his passing was to celebrate this uh, and, and share this news. So that's cool. Uh, and now we're going to just try to pick the mood back up. And one more bit of news before we talk about the Eternals trailer. Christopher McDonald cast in Marvel's Secret Invasion show. Everybody's like, oh, is he Norman Osborn? Because it's like a. Look, that was a thing Jenna put tossed, just kind of tossed out there. And I, I freaking love it. I love yeah, that. I was gonna say I'm like I'm I'm I was coming prepared with my Norman Osborn theory because first of all, Let's if you aren't watching if you aren't watching Hacks, which he is currently on on HBO Max, you need to be watching that. That is like one of my favorite shows that is currently on right now, um, and he is absolutely great. And it's just I was thinking about it because the article about his casting said he's playing a character who is who could potentially go on to other movies and shows, and so part of me was like. If he's just a scroll villain, I don't know how many more projects that could necessi- like necessitate him cameoing in. But if he were necessary, if you were to say like a scroll that took over Norman Osborn and then became the villain of the show, then that could be something that w- people wouldn't be expecting. Because the way that Secret Invasion is in the comics is like you need those big cameos, you need weird things that kind of tie in the larger Marvel universe and aren't just tied to sword. And so I think if you threw in Norman Osborn and had it be like, oh, I'm secretly the ruler of the scrolls that would be a very weird thing that people would be in for. 
my only question is that is is like i mean i think that's a, i love the way that story comes together and i think you do like secret invasion is such a sprawling story in comics that it's going to need to have that feeling in order to truly introduce that paranoia that comes with a scroll invasion the question is like can marvel put norman osborne on a disney plus show like is that a sony character that i'm sure there are, deal, i'm sure there are deals they can work they that yeah. they would yeah. work out there yeah i mean because you know, sony's not going to make a a green goblin movie no. without having the access to spider-man i mean that and then again we said that about venom so who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's and that's where that's where I think there is the loophole. Norman Osborn is such an integral Spider-Man character. And, you know, they have Spider-Man in, in the MCU that I think this is this is a, a place where that door is kept open a crack where, you know, Marvel's going to want to play with a character like Norman Osborn. And and so, you know, they may you know, it may be a thing that he just kind of goes back to to Sony land and, you know, in part of like future Spider-Man movies that Marvel helps produce or whatever. But like there's definitely bound to be some back and forth there that I think and uh, for all we would, know, he could have been work. in the deal when they worked out Spider-Man, like exactly, it could have yeah. been like whatever happens, like we are going to end up using Norman and that has to be part of this. Like, yeah, we, I, you know, I no I, I, and I know there was a rumor like years ago that they were developing a dark Avengers movie or like considering that as a possibility. And like, since he leads that team, I feel like that might also be on the playing, like on the table somehow in some capacity of like, Oh, Norman could exist in the MCU and also still be used for Spider-Man stuff. But then he could also run the dark Avengers at the same time. It would be really funny if we all were focusing on the young Avengers <laughs> developing in the background and then all yeah. the dark Avengers slowly just kind of moved into frame over time. Exactly. We never even thought about it. I know Jim, I know you want Thunderbolts instead. Yeah. I, I mean, have all three. <laughs> I, well, mean, I, I just really think that we're going to get new Avengers, young Avengers, dark Avengers, secret Avengers. I think that's the future of the Avengers title for like franchise for the next like 10 years personally. Yeah. But, but the, but the, but the crazy thing is, is how big of a catastrophe does there need to be for you to get the dark Avengers, right? Like the dark Avengers spawned out of Norman Osborn being the quote hero of secret invasion by, by gunning down the scroll queen. And so like, you know, I mean, talk about real, some real world parallel type stuff in the sense that like, you're going to get, uh, you know, Norman Osborn, who is a legitimate, uh, psychopath, uh, you know, rising to power to put together his own, his own Avengers team. But like, it took a giant alien invasion that, you know, the entirety of the Marvel universe had to come together and do for that to happen. And so like, we already had Endgame, which was, massive in and of itself we have whatever is so big that we're going to talk about in a second with eternals that the eternals are now are, are the eternals now have to step in and help that like everything that we've heard about secret invasion and how the scrolls and all that stuff may be playing out i think it's still uh we still only maybe have a sliver of that information but like if they go big on this like boom i'm in let's go i think I, that I, mysterio has, has laid the groundwork for how that oh, would play out in mcu yeah. where yeah. if you broadcast it and tilted a certain kind of way the people there were no flying cameras in that field in new york <laughs> while thanos was laying like there were all this giant struggle going on but if there are cameras next time as we've seen with you know what happened with us agent and stuff it would travel and you could spin it differently. You know, yeah. um, I think that might be how it ends up. And I, like you said, we still don't know what that big moment of someone catching it and broadcasting it and 
J. Jonah Jameson yelling about it on the side of a building is going to look like, you know? Yep. Well, and that's, that's the thing. I, the, I have one like thing I want to say about Chris McDonald, but the, I'd be, I'll be shocked if J, if J.K. Simmons is not in Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. If J. Jonah Jameson oh, yeah. is not somehow involved, they've really set up because the scrolls we know so far in the MCU are, are good guys. You know, there's going to be other kinds of scrolls. There's going to be you know, the invasion, the way that the modern world works and the way that modern media works and the world that we're in now. J. Jonah Jameson's kind of character is perfectly set up to spin news and do different things. And I think we're going to see this like this really Cold War situation of like people are going to know about scrolls and think they're super dangerous and not know who it is and who it isn't and be afraid of their neighbors. And there's going to be a whole uproar of stuff. And J Jonah Jameson plays directly into that. Uh, and that leads to my, I just want to throw this theory out there so that when it happens, I can be correct and everyone can have it on record. I think Christopher McDonald is playing Christopher McDonald. <laughs> he's playing the actor, Christopher McDonald who played shooter McGavin and happy Gilmore. Uh, and he's going to be running for president in, in the MCU in the time of secret invasion, but he's actually, there's a scrawl that's taken over him. There's a real, the real Christopher McDonald is hidden or dead or whatever. And Christopher McDonald, the, the, poly, the celebrity has become a politician and uh, he is going to be a, this is the end version of Christopher McDonald where he's just kind of a turd, but everyone likes him and he's just a career politician type of guy. Wow. Uh, and that's, that's how we're going to see Christopher McDonald in the MCU, but he's really going to be the scrawl that's like trying wow. to change laws and stuff and do all that from the inside. So just want to put that on record. Well, well, that's on record. You can't take that back. <laughs> <laughs> so it's on record, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. We, I did want to say something that was, uh, while you all were discussing that, I discovered something on Collider's The Snyder Cut podcast. Jeff Snyder said, take this with a grain of salt. But he heard that Sandman, Rhino, and Lizard are all going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home. He doesn't know if Ifans, uh, Paul Giamatti, or Thomas Hayden Church have been seen on set or anything. Um, but his understanding is that they're all back and playing those characters for the Sinister Six. So every everything that I've heard about No Way No Way Home is that like the characters or whatever that are rumored all have varying levels of uh, involvement and that most of them will probably just be passing montage kind of things. And, and like, that's it. So like, Oh yeah, they're in the movie, but like, it could just be some old fun. I mean, I heard another like, one. Like, Jim like, like, like Crisis of Infinite Earth type of situation where they're yeah. like, yeah. Oh, planet. Yeah, exactly. It'll be, it'll be like yeah. a, a crisis scenario. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of that would be kind of a I would like that so much more than any other fear <laughs> I've had of what this is. Oh, see, Brandon just said he thinks it would be a bummer. I mean, I don't want all of these characters to have key roles and take up screen time because you can't share screen time equally at that point, but just really quickly little flashing by. I kind of want more than that. I like it. if you're I mean, one or two of them are going to be important, I think. But like, the only the only thing that matters about including any of these characters is the fact that okay, the boom, the multiverse exists, and like if down the road they want this thing to be a thing, they could do it. Like you don't need to pull them all in now. Just like show us, like you said, just crack the door open and let us know it's sh- like on paper. Show us as possible, and because that's gonna, something that they have be not Dr. done. Strange showing Peter, yeah. Right. The different versions of who he could become and the different versions of his life that he could have gone through. Like that's going to be what I feel like is the, the hitch of it all. You know, it's on record. (laughs) 
so, I mean, that I, makes, I actually, that, that I actually, makes so much more sense than that, the other one. Yes, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> no, I, th- I think Dr. Yes. Uh, but I, I'm also so reluctant, like I know a lot of the people in our comments section are, to accept any multiverse actually happening because we've been baited too many times. And until I actually see an actor or a character like from a different universe in a film or TV show, like whether I see, I, I don't care. Like a Tony Stark who never becomes Iron Man or John Krasinski as Captain America or literally anything else that shows that it's from another universe. I'm not believing it. I, I know it's coming. Why I mean, don't? I put it I don't in know. the title of a I movie. I don't care. <laughs> I can't. Never mind. It's like, oh, Brandon froze on the most awkward. <laughs> no, nope. nope. that, that was a stare because I just, I, I just do it. Anyway, do it. Eternals trailer. <laughs> it dropped my, the big question on Twitter. This was my first thought when I heard of the Eternals. This movie spans thousands of years, which includes all sorts of events, including Thanos snapping away half of the life in the universe. The Eternals were not there. Everybody's like, where are they in the trailer? Ajax says, we have watched, we have never interfered until now. So I guess that's your excuse. We just watch, we don't interfere, even if it means getting half of the universe erased. I think, personally, as, as I think if you don't know about the Eternals, you should go back and listen to our episode 18, which is our Eternals episode, where everybody did a really great job of explaining kind of stories and characters and things that have happened in the Eternals lore and comics, one of which was the Eternals had their memories erased. I personally think the Eternals had their memories erased. They thought they were humans, and that is why they did not show up for the battle against Thanos. And maybe, just maybe, this snapping of half of the universe prompted some of them to start to feel those memories again and realize they are, in fact, eternal. Or maybe prompted a threat that was bigger than Thanos in snapping or whatever called the Celestials, right? Like, the Celestial. These are gigantic beings that go you know from planet to planet or whatever kind of thing right like one of the celestial's name is arishim the judger like he literally <laughs> so, so you think do you think thumbs up just... and thumbs downs whether or not civilizations live or not yeah and so that's why they're sent to earth right and but so why? maybe maybe i think maybe that's probably a big enough deal for the eternals to get off the couch uh <laughs> Well, sure, yes, but like, so why were? But again, that doesn't answer the question of why they let half the universe get erased. Because it wasn't their job. They're they're and they're, 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 they're killing their odds. No, they're like, listen, listen though, it's, 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 two weeks job. ago, two weeks ago, when I talked about it, do you remember what happened to Gilgamesh when they found out that he helped people? Gilgamesh was was imprisoned for centuries. He was he was left to live in isolation by the rest of his people for centuries because he helped human beings. I'm not saying it's right, but like that's a, a thing that's been established in Eternals lore. That's fine. Is no, that, that is interference fine, is not allowed. That is fine. No, no, that's a like even if you don't like the answer, at least it's an answer. That's my my take. And we, I obviously don't want the trailer to explain it to me. I want to find out in the movie. I just I hope think, they right, have so to address you, it. Yes, yes. Thanos snap happened, right? But like, did humanity perish? No. <laughs> People still yeah, went. The, people still the live. Eternals would also die. And isn't what what's is Earth Zerti still, or Athena? One of them is literally Thanos's cousin. Yeah, Athena. Athena yeah. is Thanos's cousin. They Maybe would know about this. Day. 
maybe they're referring maybe th- that maybe that dialogue in the in the thing is referring to the Thanos situation. Maybe it's referring to something that happened before the Thanos situation. Like maybe the Thanos situation is the reason the Celestials are coming to Earth. So much time. Maybe, maybe that Thanos we really is in don't the movie. know what they maybe were referring Thanos to. Maybe Thanos is in the movie. If you remember the first true. episode of Phase Zero, Thanos creator Jim Starlin said that he heard Thanos was in the movie. <laughs> I'm so. just saying, like this is a story that we know spans thousands and thousands of years. So that dialogue, even though it's set to footage of 2023 or whenever the MCU currently takes place. Like (laughs) it could have been from 2018. It could have been from 1818. It could have been from any point in time in history that, that that dialogue is coming from. MJG 3000 said like, Thina, get your cousin. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'll tell you two things, two things though, that I'm not here for. I'm not here for that. uh, That stupid flat cardboard ship. I just saw a bunch of people arguing about it on Twitter like that, like, you know, because you know how Kirby's art looks. It's like right. maximalism, like yeah. on steroids. And then we get this very flat slab rectangular looks like an iPhone rendering of a corner of like, like a bell. cheese. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, I get like, you know, I, it's funny that we're having these discussions about this stuff in phase four of the MCU um, and about like things looking comic accurate or not being afraid of the source material and stuff like that. And I sort of err on the side of, I do like all that Kirby stuff because it's bonkers. Like Mm -hmm. if you, if, if you want to spend a fun afternoon, just go (laughs) on either Tumblr or like any social media and just search Jack Kirby and you will find the most wacky amazing artwork from both like you know marvel and other uh and other publishers but i don't know how they would do like i don't know how audiences would react to how that ship was supposed to because the design was amazing it looked like something that was besieging a village in a miyazaki movie i think part of the problem is that after thor ragnarok and based off of what we've seen from thor love and thunder it's like we do know that you can adapt Kirby stuff and it can look realistic in the MCU and so it's like to have this now like nice quartz countertop of a ship as opposed to like the, the actual Kirby design I feel like it's there there is a way that they could have made it more comic accurate but I also understand the justification for not doing it so yeah well because you think about about the tone of, of stuff like you know, we talked about this a little bit before the show of like it works so well in Ragnarok and not, not only because Ragnarok's a comedy, but just the overall style of Ragnarok is, is, is a, a lighter, you know, more adventure, like swashbuckling comes to mind. Even though there's no pirates in this, that just like, that's a a word that comes to mind with that kind of tone. Like Eternals is this like saga type of thing, you know, where, where it just doesn't, I don't know how well the Kirby style fits with, the story that it seems like Chloe Zhao is telling with Eternals. You could have done a Taika Waititi Eternals or a James Gunn type of Eternals and done full Jack Kirby style. And it'd been just like this fun sword like thing. But I think that the Chloe Zhao version is a very different kind of story that doesn't lend itself as well to Jack Kirby stuff as awesome as Jack Kirby art looks. I don't know if it fits with this specific type of movie. Mm-hmm. We will see if that pays off when the movie comes out. 
I don't know. I don't know. Uh, or at least when we know. get an actual trailer, I think everyone like yeah. expected a whole lot more. This Marvel labeled this as a teaser. Granted, it was a two and a half minute teaser, but the teaser that was watched seventy seven million times in twenty four hours. And you saw how it like came out of like the clouds and stuff. That could have been like one piece of a giant ship. Like that could have been the big toe of a celestial. Look, like we yeah. got a tease. We got a tease of no the mind happening. That's all I needed. Yeah. That's it. I'm in. Yep. Everyone else yeah. needs to calm the hell down. <laughs> I mean, listen, I understand the, I understand the, uh, the, the hesitancy to get excited after that trailer. I just like you're it, it, it I, I, if you don't know who Chloe Zhao is, which I, I, like, I obviously, I think large, movie large fan, people probably don't, you know, a lot of fair. people don't. And uh, if you don't know who the Eternals are, which is probably even more people, this trailer was just kind of like, well, here's a bunch of stuff that you don't know when it is, why it is, what it is. It's just a, big floating black triangle it just appears and uh i don't know i think i think we need more trailers to, to like uh, this yeah, this we'll showed it. you they committed to the chloe Zhao style which i think is a very good thing nomadland is a great film um we'll see how that translates to marvel when you're applying it to jack kirby characters and settings anyway there was one thing i want to talk about jenna wanted to take the lead on this one black knight kid harrington we saw there him in the trailer. Just enough snippets of Black Knight. I, I really wanted more, but again, I do think like a second trailer could really lean into the story aspect of it a little bit more. Because even like outside of introducing the Eternals, the idea of introducing Black Knight is its own can of worms in and of itself, as we established <laughs> two weeks ago. Um, but like they did just enough in there that I found really interesting of like there's the one shot of like a, an older version of Black Knight just kind of like mowing down people in a village. So I think that's kind of cool. And then Charlie pointed out to me that there is a shot of like the Black Knight armor in a scene with Makari at one point in the trailer and so I think they are really leaning into the legacy aspect of Black Knight like I would not be surprised if the Eternals have some sort of familiarity with the previous incarnations and then Dane Whitman shows up and it's like oh hey we know your uncle and your great 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 grandfather and all of these other people and so that's why we can trust you a little bit more and so I think that's going to be really interesting to see how they kind of approach that legacy aspect while also doing all of the Eternals lore at the same time or if it's not the situation where they movie. don't they don't trust him initially because yeah they know his ancestor because he's supposed to be the the first good one exactly right? or, yeah all of the, yeah all of the previous incarnations are much more evil and so that could be part of his arc as well of like proving like I am actually a good guy like don't worry but yeah do you, I do you wanted, think it will play all of them I. I don't know. I feel like they could just do like actual different actors and make it more of a like, especially with his uncle. It's like, you can't have him playing his un uncle. That would be kind of weird. But like even the really, really old medieval version, he could maybe play because in the comics, he kind of like gets yeeted back into time and then becomes his ancestor. And there's all of this weirdness going on there. So they could just have him play both, but they also could just bring in different actors if they wanted. And they might just keep a helmet on him the whole time. When I, just, yeah. I, just, I just want to see him in a bomber jacket. That's all I want. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think we get black Knight until Eternals two. I think really? it's a, I mm. think it's a post credit scene at like best. He gets the sword. You mean like specifically like, like, Dane, like Dane black Knight, Like, cause I think, yeah, show I think, we, Knights, I think, I think mean, Kit Harrington yeah. is Dane Whitman throughout the movie. I could see and it in like the third act, maybe. Like he gets the costume in the third act, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I think it'll be very similar. My prediction is it'll be like the Wasp. Like we all know that his character becomes this other hero, 
will we see it in this movie? And then we don't. I, and then it's the, I just wonder uh, if this if this movie may potentially like with that character potentially has any connection with Thor uh, three coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Like just in Thor. just in what we know. Thor. Uh, Thor four, right? Sorry, Thor four. <laughs> we we um, all skip Dark World. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, just in, just the, the you know some of the origins of the sword and and all that jazz. That I think you know there may be there may be some stuff there. Jim, do you know how many fans you just lost in the comments? <laughs> That's all. Right. That <laughs> also, the comment section is just shook by those set photos of Chris Hemsworth in a sweatband. So I feel like we need to acknowledge those in some way because everybody we, was shook. Did you see we those did guns? Have a big debate over Ooh. Thor skipping leg day. I saw Falcon's Nat and uh, MJG <laughs> 3000 going at it. So one said Thor skips leg day. The other said Thor skips no days. I don't know. I don't know. I did like the post where uh, I did like the caption on Chris Hemsworth's post about his kid said he wanted to be Superman when he grows up. And then Chris was like, well, luckily I have two other kids. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, imagine your kid being like, yeah, my favorite superhero is not you. <laughs> anyway. It's the other guy in Hollywood with the big arms. Yeah. The other guy. That's all. That's, that's like all franchise Hollywood now. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, that's phase zero episode 20. If you want an Eternals refresher or, just first time knowledge bombs head over to episode 18 of phase zero on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. Uh, and we did a full breakdown of all the Eternals characters. It was one of my favorite episodes of the show and we got a lot of great uh, feedback from all the listeners too. So I appreciate that. Um, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you share it with your friends, uh, follow us on Twitch, subscribe on Spotify and Apple. If you have requests, Send those our way to the social channels, which we are about to shamelessly plug of ourselves so that we can communicate and plan future shows. We have Loki stuff coming. Maybe we'll move the show to Wednesday, Jim. We have to have a meeting about that. And uh, we'll figure it all out. Uh, Charlie, where can we find you? At Charlie Ridgely. You can, I don't have to do directions on there. You go right there. At Charlie Ridgely. At Charlie Ridgely. Boom. Aaron, where can we find you? Uh, at some ugly corner down here. That's how you do it. See, Aaron got it first try. <laughs> Jenna, where can we find you? At Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. I promise I will do my Funko tour that I teased last week. That That is coming soon. I just need to work out logistics and when I'm not super busy. So it will be happening. <laughs> I am here for that. Jim, we don't care. That's wow. No, hold on. I'm going to say you didn't say like, look, if, if, if you like this show and if you like if you like what we're doing and you, you get an immense amount of value for it. Look, the best way to help this show out Go to iTunes, give us a five star review, tell everyone you love Jim and hate BD. And I was really ready to hear if you like this show, we do Pokemon leaving, on Monday. Leaving, leaving <laughs> reviews, leaving reviews is the best way to help the show. So by all means, please go do that. Go do it. Go do it right now. Like you like pause and go do it and then come back and listen to like the last 20 seconds of the show. I know Just you all have an it. iPhone. Go leave us a five star review. That's it. That's it. All right, everybody. That's today's show. At Jim Viscardi on all the channels. He's a wealth of knowledge, uh, as you saw today on Moon Knight. So hit him up anytime. And you can find me at Brandon Davis BD. Hope y'all uh, subscribe, share our show with your friends. We will possibly be moving to Wednesdays. That won't start next week. We'll be back on Friday next week. So see you there.